Howdy, howdy, friends. Welcome to episode 61 of Running with Sam and Dave as we make our way through the book of First Samuel. We're coming up on the point of the book where we introduce uh, the uh, the character of Dave, uh, who we have. Um, I guess we're looking forward to that. Uh, I, at least I am. The introduction of Dave. Uh, David uh, will be showing up in in just a few, uh, well, just a chapter or so, and then we'll be seeing um, him facing Goliath. That is all to come soon. But what we're seeing right now uh, is the, uh, as I mentioned last time, the kind of the cracks in the character of Saul. We're seeing Saul as the king, as he's establishing himself uh, as the king over Israel, and as he's um, showing himself to be uh, the the leader of the nation and taking on all these other um, oppressing nations in battle, uh, as we'll we'll read about today. Uh, we also are seeing the beginnings of the problems, and uh, in the next two chapters, we're going to kind of see the uh, the final straws um, coming to pass. So, anyway, in chapter fourteen that we're reading about, we read about how uh, Saul had put this oath upon Israel that they shouldn't eat anything until they had defeated the Philistine enemies that day. And uh, Jonathan, Saul's son, not being aware of that, dipping his staff in some honey, eating the honey and feeling better, but uh, not realizing that he had broken this oath that his father had put upon the nation. So last time we read about uh, how Saul wanted to know uh, who had sinned. And so they started casting lots to figure it out. The lots fell to Saul and Jonathan and then to Jonathan and Jonathan tells Saul, Hey, this is what happened. You know, I ate some honey, so I guess I have to die. And Saul says in verse 44, God do so. And more also for you shall surely die, Jonathan. But the people said to Saul, shall Jonathan die? Who has accomplished this great deliverance in Israel? Certainly not. As the Lord lives, not one hair on his head shall fall to the ground, for he has worked with God this day. So the people rescued Jonathan, and he did not die. Because really, if you go back and you read the, the account, as we've done the last few days, we see that, that none of this would have happened if not for Jonathan's bravery and, and faith. And so it's a good thing. It's a good thing that uh, that Saul didn't kill him. But as we talked about last time, it's showing us the the, the cracks in the character of Saul that his his pride and in, in not you know, hey, this is I'm the boss. This is what I said. This is the oath that I gave to the people. You broke it. You die, even if you're my son. Um, the oath to begin with was was rash and foolish. And so now, rather than admitting it, going, yeah, you know what, it wasn't that wasn't a great plan. And I apologize. He, you know, since now my son's got to die. Luckily, the people have Jonathan's back. So um, what we read about next is just kind of the summing up um, the uh, the political situation and family situation uh, and military situation that Saul has coming on. So we'll read that. Let's read that. It says, then Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own place. So Saul established his sovereignty over Israel and fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab, against the, peop against the people of Ammon, against Edom, against the kings of Zobah, and against the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he harassed them. And he gathered an army and attacked the Amalekites and delivered Israel from the hands of those who plundered them. 
The sons of Saul were Jonathan, Jishuai, Melchishua, and the names of his daughters were these. The names of his firstborn was Mirab, and the name of the younger was Michael. The name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimaaz, and the name of the commander of his army was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. Now there was fierce war with the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he took him for himself. And so Saul has, you know, he's doing what Samuel had warned the people, you know, that this is what a king's going to do. He's going to, when he goes to war, he's going to take your best. He's going to take your sons and make them part of his military, make them part of his army. And Saul in particular, you see, he takes the best for himself. You know, these are the guys I'm putting around me. And now it's interesting to me because it's one of those things like, is he, is he surrounding himself with these men because they're good men? Or is he surrounding himself with these men uh, because he's protecting himself? You know, rather than saying, hey, these are valiant men, I'll, I will make him a leader and set him off to fight this battle. I'll, I'll just keep the best guys close by keeping me safe. I don't know. I don't know, but it would seem that way, especially as we see the character of of Saul begin to crack. We've seen him take on roles that were not his, offer a sacrifice that was not his role to offer. And we've seen him, you know, make these rash oaths that we've talked about the last few days. And so we're, we're seeing these these cracks in the character of Saul, and we're going to see it continue into the next chapter as we see God basically saying the kingdom is going to be taken from you and given to another. Because... What we seem to see here in, in Saul is that his character, uh, where he began, and I talked about this a while back, about how he began to his uh, his career seeming to be a very humble man. And now we see him to be very a very proud man. And we're going to see so many, so many errors that he makes. And especially in the next chapter, we see some major errors that, that Saul makes. And, and so much of it comes down to being a self-willed person. And I think that this is something that every one of us struggles with. And the, the thing that we need to be aware of is that it's a struggle and it should be a struggle, right? We should struggle against this desire to rule our own lives and to make the decisions for our own lives and not be submitted to the Lord, to not do things his way. You know, when we'll, we'll see these things with Saul where he he's, he does things mostly God's way. And I think this is, again, a good warning to us that doing things mostly God's way is not doing things God's way. Doing things mostly God's way is doing things our, things our own way. Again, doing things mostly God's way is doing things our own way because what we're doing when we do things mostly God's way is we're choosing the things we want to do and we're doing those. Because oftentimes, God's way lines very much up with our way because we realize it's wise. We see, hey, I, yeah, I'm not going to do those things. Those things are foolish. Those things will cause problems. But sometimes there's those other things that we we ignore. Those other things we don't embrace because, well, maybe they're not popular culturally right now. Maybe right now, if I embrace a certain viewpoint, I might, or if I embrace a certain teaching of the Bible, I might be seen as bigoted or hateful 
you know, whatever, or small minded or anti-science, who knows? But the truth of the fact of the matter is this, if we want to avoid the error of Saul, if we want to avoid the error of Saul is we have to cling closely to the King of Kings, Jesus. You know, I've been thinking a lot about young people. And when I was youth pastoring, I don't think I spent nearly enough time impressing upon the kids in my youth group, the importance of their own daily walk with the Lord, their own daily time with him, their own daily time in his word. Because really so much of our, our, our Christian life just hinges on that. It's, it's a walk with Jesus daily. And when we neglect that, when we are no longer spending that time focused on him, daily. Well, where's our, where's our focus instead? If you're not focusing on Jesus, what are you focusing on? Well, if you're anything like me, I'm just focusing on me, accomplishing what I want to accomplish, doing what I want to do. You know, when your focus is on Jesus, you don't face the same temptations that you do when you're not focused on him. When you're focused on the Lord, when you're focused on serving him, we're not drawn to the other things in, in nearly the same way because our focus is not on those other things. Think about this. If you if you spend three hours with your heart and mind solely focused on the Lord, you know, you're, you're, you know, whether it's, you know, hey, you go to a church and you sing and you praise and you pray and you listen to Bible teaching and you share with others and you love others and you and Jesus is in the center of your morning and then something happens, you know, a thought comes in your mind that's, you know, an ungodly thought, sinful thought. And you go, hey, ah, it's so foreign because of where your focus has been. It's so foreign because of where your focus has been. It's like... Trying to think of a way to put this. Like you're eating jello, and all of a sudden you hit a pretzel. Like you wouldn't accidentally swallow that pretzel. You wouldn't go without noticing that pretzel. That pretzel is going to be a stark reminder, or a, it's going to stand out in the midst of this totally different thing that you are consumed with, right? So if you're focused on, you're enjoying the jello, you're thinking about jello, mm, this jello is so good. And when a pretzel shows up, you're like, whoa, this is not jello. And so you, you might immediately spit it out or cast it out because you, you recognize it. But if you're having Chex Mix and you get a pretzel, you might not even notice because it's so much other crunchy, salty stuff. And so if you're spending your day focused on all kinds of other stuff, worldly thoughts, worldly thinking, or just selfish thoughts, you know, pursuing your own comfort and ease and entertainment, things will slip in that you don't notice because they fit right in with comfort, ease, and entertainment. So the point is, there's so many people that are struggling in, with things and they're like, I hate that I, that I continually give in to this sin. Or that I continually think this way. And yet, they're not spending 
the time with the Lord. They're not focusing in on him. They're not spending that time to say, you know, I'm going to pray. I'm maybe even fast. I'm going to, I'm not going to eat today. So I'm going to focus on Jesus during that time. You know, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to spend time in his word. I'm going to spend time, uh, worshiping today. I'm going to spend time, um, meditating on the things that I've learned. I'm going to bring my focus back to him. Is that what happens or is it just, I'm sick of these stupid pretzels, but I keep filling my mouth with Chex Mix and they keep slipping in, you know, or is it, I'm going to put my focus on the jello. And when a pretzel shows up, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, get that thing out of here. It doesn't go with jello. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but anyway, God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day.